millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT flavoured edition. I'm Elf Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. How is it going? I'm all right, thanks. Are you excited to talk about NXT? <laughs> I know we've already talked about it, but not really. <laughs> Laurie, I am always excited to share our spicy takes about Ooh, NXT. Yeah. To get in trouble. <laughs> Blompier and Blake just causing trouble on the YouTubes. <laughs> With the original bad boys. <laughs> the original of bad NXT boys. Journalist. <laughs> yeah. Didn't like one thing one time. Um, so we, we address that in the show. Uh, we also talk about uh, the main talking point is that Velveteen Dream has made his return to NXT. And obviously, that has got over mixed with the NXT fandom. Here is the show. But let's talk about the main event, um, which was Kushida versus Cameron Grimes versus mystery opponent. Uh, and mystery opponent turned out to be Velveteen Dream with a tiny little goatee now to signal something that happened later in the match. Um, and this has caused, as you would probably imagine, considering some of the allegations that were levied against uh, the Dream during the speaking out movement on Twitter and social media within the wrestling community, some division amongst uh, fans of WWE and NXT. Um, obviously, there are there are some people who are could, happy to see him back, having you know, like the allegations thus far. He's denied. Uh, you know, people are ha- pleased in that sense to be like dreams back, and other people think you know maybe he shouldn't be given this platform and be back on TV quite so quickly. Um, Obviously, like on AEW side of the coin, Sammy Guevara has returned after being suspended for a bit after making those comments about Sasha Banks on the podcast all that time ago. Um, so they've kind of quite recently gone through a very similar thing. Um, I I think it's too early for 
dream to return if at all. Um, personally, I don't think this does anything for NXT. It's just a bit of a, you know, like trying to reframe it all as well as being like, he's taken time off because he lost the NXT championship match that he had with Adam Cole. Remember the one in the parking lot? Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. I don't like that. I also think this, this feels like a bit of like an, a continuation of the experiment that WWE has been doing with NXT recently to be like, what will pop the ratings? And, you know, we've got last week, it was Pat McAfee and kicking Adam Cole in the head. Did that beat AEW? Not particularly like, you know, did, did, uh, bringing Sasha Banks and Bailey down, like, you know, does, does people appearing from the main roster really pop the ratings enough to be AEW on a consistent basis? No, this just feels like courting controversy for the point of courting controversy and an attempt to just be like, well, that last hour of NXT just get a bump in the viewings because people know that something, you know, that's going to be talked about and spoken about is happening. Um, yeah, I, I'm not massively into this, really. Speaking of courting controversy, do you want to apologize for your bad opinion on last week's NXT review? Oh, about Pat McAfee? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. Do you know what? I will. um, Just as soon as you tell me the last good celebrity appearance that WWE did, because we've had, you know, last last year or so we had we had uh, the gronk didn't we? He was the gronk. Uh, We had Tyson Fury. Uh, We had... You know, Cain Velasquez was at least signed, but, you know, he was he was handled very well. I'm just saying that normally in WWE, these sorts of appearances are a load of bollocks. <laughs> and uh, I'm not heavily invested in this. And then, you know, the, you know, the other thing with the Pat McAfee thing, he couldn't even be there this week, could he, to, to do something? Because that's the nature of working with celebrities from outside of your company. Uh, it's just that last week's video was quite heavily... Like the the like likes to dislikes was quite heavily skewed away from what it normally is, Laurie. Oh I, no, I I'm, that- I'm aware. No, I'm aware because yeah, people like Pat McAfee, but you have to understand that we're on the side of the world that doesn't even understand that sport. Yeah, that's that true. That yeah. time, so you know, like he's not a celebrity to me. He's just a guy that appears on WWE TV, and he kicked an Adam Cole, uh, and I, I I still don't think it's good. Even though you know now, uh, even though I know, that, no, even though I know an now, actual that, professional footballer that still hasn't uh, fired. Well, you I knew that. Play. I knew that last week. It, it doesn't make any difference that he was once a professional footballer. It, it makes no difference. I don't. I, if it was Michael Owen, if it was Wayne Rooney doing it to Adam Cole, I wouldn't care. You know, I, I'm sure I could have picked more current footballers from from this side of the, the proper football you know the one ronaldo over there yes ronaldo yeah uh, maradona if it was maradona kicking adam cole in the head i still wouldn't he wouldn't be kicking him obviously he'd be headbutting him but using his hand um yeah i still wouldn't be behind this whole thing um but let's jump back to so that's my apology this is this is a i mean thank you thank <laughs> you it was apology. it was it was a bad opinion it was the wrong opinion as, as, no, it as was we the, found out. as as opinions as opinions are often wrong. Uh, yeah, it was very much the wrong opinion to have of you know we're because incredi- yeah, like like I've said, WWE have done we, very well with celebrities. Yeah, I mean we're incredibly negative on this show, as you know. Uh, very often we talk about uh, like just the things we hate about uh, N- 
NXT. Uh, we don't talk about like kind of, uh, you know, how much we're loving Keith Lee versus Karen uh, Cross. We don't talk about how much we were enjoying like the North American scene being reestablished for the mid card. We weren't enjoying kind of the fact that Robert Stone had a big payoff. Like we, we hate everything on NXT, which is why we dedicate uh, a lot of our life to, to to talking about it. We hate Santos Escobar and El Legado del Fantasma, I seem to remember. It's just yeah. like, it, it, it's so negative constantly laurie and the fans have noticed and i i yeah. just I'm, I'm glad you're taking responsibility for um you know i take soul i take sole responsibility for thank you that's big of you mate. i should have been reining you in and mm-hmm. that is that is my problem i should have been reining you in because i was a huge fan of pat Mac- uh, pat mcafee uh you shouted <laughs> you shouted me down uh, and i don't appreciate being lumped in with your relentless negativity where i love everything about nxt and i've made that very very clear um it's we're not a review show after all we're biased uh even though we're not yeah. reviewing aew we both uh love aew much more than wwe oh um, yeah, yeah i mean if this was happening that's why i love it so much i don't watch it that's mm. that's how much i love mm. it because i want to keep it special i want to yeah. i want to save it for best aew that's why i don't watch it <laughs> Yeah, I remember like when obviously when Mike Tyson appeared on AEW, we 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 didn't like that you know, just privately, but we didn't put that in, in, into that. Of course, if if Pat McAfee Pat McAfee had happened in AEW, we would have liked it. To be fair, we would have. Yeah, yeah. You know, they would, you know because they would have done it, but they would have done it better. Yeah, of course they would. They do everything. Better yeah, they, they, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Sorry. What? Well, uh, so, uh, oh yeah, Velveteen's dream is back. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Um, it basically, but, this, but we love it. Oh, we're trying to I say mean, now. I, I guess I guess we have. We'll to. drop the joke for now. We'll drop the joke for now. Yeah, we probably should talk about this seriously because it's a very serious <sighs> thing. I yeah, I have yeah. As you can tell, I've just been trying to avoid talking about oh this yes. with some with anything else. Um, yeah, uh, from what I could like see, uh, obviously him being back, uh, I guess is WWE's tacit way of saying the investigation is over, um, and uh, we have found. Uh, Velveteen Dream to basically be in the clear. It's it's weird. So he's back on TV. Uh, so evidently, like um, WWE are comfortable uh, employing him. Uh, he's turned heel because maybe WWE aren't comfortable that fans will continue to support him. So they've turned him heel in what is a very uncomfortable marriage of heel in real life and heel um, behind the camera. It's not necessarily for us to uh judge jury and execution uh obviously like i i would hope an investigation has been happening behind the scenes wwe's uh practice and standards uh suggest that hey who knows what's what's happened behind the scenes because they are not the most rigorous uh at mm. disciplining uh people uh behind the scenes you know obviously some people were let go if there was an investigation and it was found that velveteen dream was completely hacked on multiple occasions um then that's that's what happened. Uh, if there hasn't been an investigation, then that is what didn't happen. Uh, all we could say is a Velveteen Dream is on TV, uh, and yeah, it's not enough time has passed for people mm-hmm. for it, it. Even just taking the moral judgment out of things, because I I I don't feel comfortable with with that. Obviously, um, it is simply too soon for it to be a comfortable viewing experience. I think for most people uh, and, and also to do it in such a bet hedging way as well like you know if you if you're going to bring him back and you you're this confident in doing it do it like don't do a well he's so he's not going to win this he's going to be this mystery opponent in the triple threat match so we can change our minds at the last minute one 
he's going to not win the match, but he's going to be the third man. So uh, he's not getting a big victory off the bat. He's just getting his heel turn. And then he's going to face Finn Balor, a match where you can realistically go, well, Finn Balor would win that. If if you know if the reaction's that bad this week, you can just go, well, Finn Balor wins next week. Velveteen Dream drifts off into the background. You know, really, it just feels like they've just gone, well, let's just put him on TV and see what people say. And, uh, you know, maybe, and I really do think some of that might just be a kind of case of like, you know, if we stir the pot enough, people might watch because this was good. You know, this, this main event's going up against Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Like, you know, you've got to, WWE likes to counter-program and they've got to kind of get something going for NXT. And they, they were the, seem, seem desperate this year and especially in the last couple of months to get NXT higher viewing figures and talked about more. Um, And this does just feel like a sort of another paltry attempt to just spark any kind of response from a different demographic than the over fifties that are the kind of NXT lifers that watch it. Um, And it's, yeah, it's a shame kind of overshadows like what was a really brilliant performance from Kushida, who also was basically making his return, you know, and Cameron Grimes, who's now on the up and up, to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would say, but like, to the moon. you know, it, it, it does feel like this is all overshadowing that. It felt like, yeah, like you say, in order to have the surprise factor of Velveteen Dream, uh, the company didn't really ad- make any kind of public address. And like, it's one of those things where like, if it, I, this is not us trying to basically just like hound the Velveteen Dream. We don't know the ins and outs of everything that happened, you know, like it, it's, it's possible he was happy. It, it's not for us to kind of judge this way or the other. The fact that WWE put him back on telly without addressing these, these things, like, you know, if they put out a statement saying we've investigated the matter and we are 100% behind Velveteen Dream, we believe he is not, uh, you know, whatever in these actions, then there's a little bit, that's a little bit more for the fans to kind of grasp onto. Instead of just like shuffling him out after the hashtag has gone away, then it, it does create this murky atmosphere of WWE just being like, oh, people have forgotten. It's fine. Yeah, we, the, haven't, the, we, we haven't, we haven't died down. Yeah, it's not. And maybe, and maybe they will bring out a statement. I, I, I don't know. And like, I think we should probably move on, but it's all we can do is judge the program that was presented to us. And both of us, independently of each other and independently of any kind of bias or whatever people may may have and honestly like just please please try and think of where we're coming from and before you comment but like simply put like they the presentation of velveteen dreams return was icky it was um like it just was and i i don't think it needed to be and yeah i i I buy it that you know the whole mystery sell, oh, shock return, trying to kind of get those those views in. And I, I do believe that was the wrong way, uh, regardless mm. of what happened. It doesn't it's give, it doesn't give anyone a chance to say what they feel before the fact either, you know? Like, it doesn't give people the opportunity to go, here's my opinion on this right now. Like, people are still in the, like, the, the wrestling scene is in the process of rebuilding after uh, the speaking out movement. And it is still at a very sort of raw stage of planning and changing. And um, it's quite important, I think, in this situation to, you know, give people a heads up about what your plans are when it comes to people that have 
had allegations levied against them in in the case of like Velveteen Dream. And I think it would have been fairer of WWE to say, we've investigated, like you said, we've investigated, we're completely behind this. This is the choice we're making. Here is the show. You can choose not to watch it if, if you don't want to watch it. Like, you know, I think there, there must have been viewers out there that for that moment felt very tricked and betrayed by NXT as Dream gets the big sort of mystery opponent entrance. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm, it's not like you said. It's not for us to judge in that sense. It's just, it's not perfect telly, is it? In no. this scenario, and they could have. There's, there are many ways to do this that would have been uh, more compassionate, I think, to fans who have obviously been rocked by what's happened in the wrestling industry in the last couple of months. So I think, yeah, this was this was a poor choice. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. (laughs) 
you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist as a tag team before they combust? Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. But let's talk about the rest of the show because the rest of the show was pretty damn good mm. and is much easier to talk about as well. Except this first bit because it opened with a recap of the Pat McCaffrey. Pat McAfee and Adam Cole feud, which obviously we love now because Laurie, careful, we've changed careful, to, Laurie. No, Laurie. we've changed to the correct opinion. I love it. Good, thank you. Moving on, I won't. Say, I'll it. say no more because it's so perfect. Then we got Karrion Cross versus Danny Birch, which I I've written it. My first note of this is just I still legit get goosebumps for Karrion Cross's entrance. It's so good. Yeah, I I the presentation of this character is amazing. I think. Um, Pretty much everything they've done with him has been pitch perfect. Uh, there's a there's a little bit of this that I'm a bit like this is this was kind of goofy what happened in the, at the end of this match, but I still kind of like it. It's still quite fun. Um, so Danny Birch runs out after obviously being put to sleep last week during Karrion Cross's backstage rampage. Um, he starts wailing on Cross, knocks him out of the ring. Ring but the bell, he- ring the bell. I love I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the bit that, you know, like he gets him, he he sort of blindsides Cross as well, knocks him out of the ring. And then as soon as they get outside, Cross just picked him up by the head. He just went like, no, <laughs> over there. Um, th- this was this was really, there were some really cool moments in this as well of like, you know, Danny Burch has always been presented as like an absolute hard nut in NXT. And this was this was that kind of like given form and and it was really good for cross to just be like i'm just not phased by your offense here like you know he hits a huge german suplex and cross just pops up and then he nails him with a clothesline gets a pin for like close to and then he got this cross face on and this is my favorite moment in the match he gets this cross face on on carrying cross it's too many cross faces um and cross's cross face turns to look at Danny Birch while he's doing it and just gives him these eyes. And it's just like, I don't even care that you're doing this and lifts him up out of the cross face into the site, uh, the doomsday Saito and then just starts hitting him with more and more and more. Um, Birch fires out the corner for one last swing, hits this big punch um, and collapses to the floor and crosses just completely unfazed by it. And then just goes, do you remember this? And puts him in the cross jacket and gets the win. So good. So, so good. Um, really good squash. Uh, and not kind of like, it's not necessarily like, because I, I love the Fiend character. Some of the Fiend's no selling, I think is problematic just in terms of kind of like long-term stuff. Like if you register no pain, if you register no kind of lack of coordination as a result of offense, then I think that is really problematic to book from then on. Cross is incredibly hard to to fight, um, but he's not, you know, like if you if you come at him strong like you know hard like you said like Danny Birch managed to get him over the ropes and like there were some moments he managed to kind of maneuver him down like mm. Cross is not invincible which is important he's just incredibly strong uh, and like 
kind of will psych has a psychopathy to kind of ignore pain uh, even though he, yeah. is, he is feeling it and something like his body does react but his kind of he just pushes through it i think that's a really really clever way of booking a monster it doesn't completely nullify birch um yeah i really like it also there was just a perfect little bit of timing in this match uh, obviously beth phoenix is not in the performance center she's uh um doing her stuff remotely uh it just there was a lovely uh, there was a perfect lineup of call and action in the ring i think scarlet said something while beth was speaking and killer cross was either reacting to that or to an audience member but um beth phoenix says uh bert showing a little bit of life and then instantly afterwards cross in the ring says not for long he doesn't and then boom throws him over the shoulder <laughs> and i'm sure cross was talking to someone else but it was the perfect it's like cross can hear the way you can hear frequency <laughs> Uh, I, I thought that was uh, really, really fun. Um, and then we had uh, a little bit of WCW, uh, just just as a little kind of cherry, <laughs> cherry on on the cake after the match. Yeah, so Keithy comes out, uh, he arrives holding a contract. He says he's agreed uh, he won't put his hands on Cross until takeover, so the match will get signed. He says, this has my name on it, this has Regal's name on it, and all it needs is your punk-ass name on it. And he chucks it down. Scarlet uh, takes it and she shows it to Cross. He does a big like, <laughs> it's it's like a, it was that real sort of like yeah I don't I don't even know how to use a pen kind you of find writing it like, like a velociraptor. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then Scarlet folds it up, kisses it, chucks it back in the ring. Keithley picks it up. I was like, oh, okay, I, I was sort of expecting there to just be a big cross mark through it and that'd be like, like you know a, a dick <laughs> yeah yeah that's it he's just drawn a, a crude caricature um but yeah he's i'd drawn dominic dijakovic's dead body oh no what a heel but I, was, but I was sort of expecting like the x marks a spot thing that he was doing in impact you know like this is i've sort of just crossed your name out keith lee uh because you're my target um and instead when keith lee opens the contract we get close up magic. Who thought? Who would have thought that that's what you would have got in NXT? Like this is the thing that this feud needed was a little bit of razzmatazz, a little bit of you know, something to razzle dazzle the crowd. Um, and at Takeover, I can't wait to make watch him saw Scarlet in half before the match begins. Um, I I will be absolutely crushed if next week Keith Lee doesn't if it's not if they don't do the same where keith lee sees killer uh carrying cross in the mirror in his uh in his dressing room but no one else can oh see him God. should they've got they've it's fine it's got funny. A, do you know you remember that year there was i can't remember what year it was but it was the year like tomb raider came out the the remaster of tomb raider the sorry the the re the reversion of tomb raider and like every single game had a bow and arrow in it that year it feels like every single wrestling feud has to have some sort of eye thing this year. That is 2020 will be the year of the eye, the year of the eye patch. Um, I still liked this moment. I think it was a little bit goofy. Um, and Mauro Ronaldo going, what the hell? A freaking fireball. <laughs> I was not expecting this sort of thing. Like that was, it was all a little bit, a little bit corny, but I Mama still quite mia. like yeah, I still I still like it. Um, Great and I, I like, balls of fire! Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, like I think Lee sold it really well. I liked the sort of they they really lingered on him being helped out of the ring and outside of the building into the ambulance to the point where it even over like bled into the next match. Um, yeah, and really then they good. then they kind of forgot about it for the rest of the show, which which is fine. I, I think 
it's a good, this, it feels like a way to comfortably set up the idea that Keith Lee will probably lose at takeover 30. Um, and he doesn't look too weak in doing so because now carrying Cross is really, he's played a real dirty trick, isn't he? Um, the thing is like, it's, it's, yeah, like you say, all of the consequences were perfect. Keith Lee being hospitalized and then going into takeover with something wrong is perfect. That's exactly like, yeah, absolutely. Cause then, yeah, you can beat Keith Lee. Um, uh, them treating it with all the seriousness, like him, yeah, him being helped to the back, like, oh, we have another match scheduled, but we do have this situation. So we're going to do this kind of mm-hmm. split screen thing that like we're all really concerned about this. Yeah, it's fantastic. It make Karrion Cross look evil. The only thing that is kind of annoyed me about it, I don't even mind the fact that it's a fireball. Like it, it's it's corny and it's hokey, but like it's fine. It's just that Karrion Cross hasn't been supernatural up until no. now he's been like if 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 the explanation is that somehow they snuck uh, like you say if the, if the explanation is it's close-up magic and they somehow snuck a bit of like kind of grease paper uh, like flame paper and uh, i could uh, if they somehow rigged up a, a little mechanism inside the book whilst they were signing it like i i guess that's weirder but the i but i guess like what they're trying to sell is that either scarlet has supernatural kisses or carrying cross is able to summon fireballs from the ether, which is just not, it's not his gimmick, right? He's just a no. psychopath who has a, a great flair for the macabre and a bit of showmanship. Um, I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it because like I said, it, it it's, I don't think it is anything to really get grumpy about because it had the right effect. It's yeah. just, it's just a weird. It's a little bit of weird kind of like inconsistency in what has otherwise been a really like really solid presentation of of carrying cross. Maybe they'll maybe they'll clarify exactly what happened. But yeah, it's either close up magic or just magic. And either yes. way it's a bit odd. Yeah, it 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 there were I feel the filler there were like other ways you could have got to Keith Lee is injured in this. Uh, and you know, we've, we've specifically attacked his eyes. Like you, you use sand and, uh, hourglasses. They could have chucked it and rubbed it in his eyes. I don't know. Like there's, there are other ways than this sort of fireball. Um, and like you said, I, I, I do think it's a slight wobble in, a, in otherwise a really strong narrative booking of a character because this was, you know, this was actually treated with the sort of, the reverence that I thought last week should have been treated with, like, you know, this, this whole sort of hushed tone and we're following the story as it unfolds up. Like it would have been really nice to see the aftermath of last week with that same level of like respect given to it. Like, and rather than just brushing over to get to the undisputed era and Pat McAfee, which we won't talk about cause it's perfect. But like, you know, I, I think this, this furthered the story really nicely. And yeah, it, I'm hoping they they kind of clarify and give you a good reason for it sort of being a fireball and it's not, ideally it's not magic because magic sucks. Magic sucks. And magic works for certain characters and I don't think it necessarily works for Karrion Cross because that's not how they've made him so far. And also he doesn't feel like the character that needs dirty tricks and magic to face Keith Lee currently. He's beaten everyone easily and he's been asking for this match and now he's he's already resorted to sort of like uh trying to blind keith lee in order to win and it just it maybe feels too soon for that in in the feud and in carrying crosses running nxt but let's move on because uh after that was drake maverick versus killian dane and some shots of an ambulance and also a commercial break which basically made the thing 
unfollowable for me. Like there, I was it just, I was just watching this go. What is happening? What is happening? Uh, Drake mostly gets murdered here uh, by Killian Dane. Um, Literally, one storyline pulled out of the parking lot, and another storyline arrived all while this match was yes. happening. And he said, "Like, hey, they got paid for it, I guess. Uh, shame no one was watching." But like, which is which is it was a weird match to have because like Maverick versus Dane. Lovely little kind of David versus Goliath thing. I, I'd like to see Maverick try and hang with Dane for 10 minutes. But, you know, it's fine. We'll, we we may see it at another time because um, then Yui uh, arrived and just be like, definitely this match is over now. What are you even trying to do having a match <laughs> yeah, exactly. right now? Uh, send them packing. And ge- genuinely, look, look, we we are being, we're, we're very cheeky uh, about it. Um I, yeah, I'm still not a fan of the angle from last week. This was a really, really good uh, promo from Adam Cole. Oh, because Adam Cole is an amazing wrestler and promo. Um, and I'll say no more. Uh, like this, this was this was absolutely brilliant from Adam Cole. He said, like, you know, like I know you're watching Pat. Shut up and listen. Uh, you want to come into my world and play wrestler? You kick me with my arms tied behind my back. That's not special. What is special is being the longest reigning NXT champion. And at TakeOver, you're going to be in the ring with that guy. Um, and then he challenged Pat to come next week and get through get through the ropes, get into the ring, the hardest bit to do. And uh, look him in the eye and then just know that he's wet in, that he's in way over his head. That is undisputed. This was fire. This was really, really good. Um, if anyone can make me care about this, it's Adam Cole. Um, I, I do. I do really think. Like, I think the pre- like the presentation of this feud has been good. I just think the end product isn't going to live up to expectations, um, and that is, you know, that it kind of feels. That's what I think fuels my. Uh, issues with it is that I, I just don't I think I'm gonna be let down in the end. Um yeah because I, I think this this was really good. Adam Cole sold this like Adam Cole sold this like he was talking to Tommaso Champa or you know somebody else. The, the, he he sold this like this this is someone to respect. And that's you know that's a good way to get uh Pat over as well. Like you know he's he said like you know the it wasn't I'm just putting you in your place. It was like no you're legit you you've done something here but legitimately, I am a really respected person. So you've got to be crazy to get into the ring with me. Um, and then hopefully next week, Pat's answer is good enough to make it seem like this is a worthy challenge for Adam Cole. Mm. Not just going to be Adam brutalizing non-wrestler Pat McAfee at TakeOver. Which, we, to be fair, I don't think I mind seeing. <laughs> we would love this match to over-deliver. We'd... we'd mm. could, because we love Adam Cole so much. And I think part of the part of the worry about it is that like way look, way back in uh, early 90s, 80s, uh Kayfabe was tenuous enough that just because a celebrity was big, you think, oh yeah, they'll handle themselves in a fight. But we know that wrestling is a lot harder. It's a lot more choreographed. There's a lot more kind of like it's it's a completely different kind of athleticism. Uh it's a combination of like acting uh timing it, it is incredibly rehearsed that like, you have to be on point you have to not just take care of yourself but you have to take care of your partner in the ring um it's incredibly different it's not you know 
it's not like when it's like, oh, Lawrence Taylor is big. So therefore I'm sure the match will be exciting. Um, I think we're just like, where a lot of the kind of the concern and a lot of the kind of the backlash from us personally has come from is like Adam Cole just lost the NXT title. He, would, he could really do with a really great takeover match. And so far, uh, yes, he's, he's a punter. He can kick a dude hard, but I haven't seen anything to suggest that the end product will be any good. Uh, I hope that it's true. Like he, he's apparently been training uh in nxt i did a bit more reading and so yeah we hope the match is good right now i don't see anything uh, i haven't been turned around that the match is is good i'm not still not particularly looking forward to seeing it because i just want adam cole to go out there and have a really fun 15 minutes just a reminder of oh yeah that's adam cole mm-hmm. that's brilliant and i'm not sure if pat mcafee can hold up his end if he can i'd love to be wrong but right now yeah like it, great promo from adam cole we, we, yeah, it reminded us that he is the best in the business and probably should be facing someone else. Oh, yeah. But if it's good, it's good. And that is like all, all we want is for the wrestling we watch to not be a waste of our time. We want the wrestling to be good. Well, you know, like, and, you know, I've obviously brought up the other celebrities they've had recently do wrestling matches. Um, and even the guy who was trained in martial arts hasn't didn't particularly have good matches and they obviously they were booked badly the ones with Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez but you know like my hope is that this this falls more in line with Ronda Rousey's debut at Wrestlemania you know like Ronda Rousey obviously had like serious wrestling training before she had that match but that match was scripted to a T and worked perfectly because of it obviously there, there are less places for Pat McAfee's uh, weaknesses to be hidden because it's not Triple H and Kurt Angle also in the match. Um, like, you know, there, there's nowhere to hide. You don't have Stephanie McMahon to be a perfect foil here. You can't get that brilliant moment where Ronda comes in against Triple H. But hopefully Adam Cole can ring general Pat, Mac- Pat McAfee to, I keep, I can't even say his name anymore, Pat McAfee to a good match. Um, oh, we then God, got- I, oh God, I've just thought about something. Go on. So in the, in the promo- he mentioned on, oh, okay. I, I, I don't think they'll do it, but it's WWE and they've done this, this stuff before. Uh, but he mentioned you, you kicked me while I had both arms behind my back. That's not special. I worry that at some point Adam Cole says I could beat you with both hands tied behind my oh, back no, please, and no. they leap on it. And the, the thing for this match, the thing to protect Pat McAfee and the reason to get, so, cause Pat McAfee is obviously wrestling this heel and the way they can do the actual heel controlling the match thing is if they shackle Adam Cole's hands behind his back. I don't, I, I'm, I'm putting that energy out there. So that it doesn't no, happen. You, so if it you put it, no, but if you put it out there, then it's floating around, and WWE seem to suck all that energy up and then turn it into storylines. Someone must have mentioned karaoke in the last like month because that ended up on SmackDown. I don't like anyway. It's moving not on. our fault. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, Santos Escobar versus Tyler Breeze. Um, we had a little Kushida package before that. Um, Breeze coming out of his solo music should happen more. I love Tyler Breeze's uh, original entrance. He came out quite serious here, but um, it's nice to hear his music. Santos comes out and he sends the gang to the back. He's like, I've got this. I'm going to take this on my own. Um, And then continues to sort of knee Breeze around the ring for a bit. Um, They have have sort of a back and forth match and Breeze starts to fire up properly. And the rest of Legado del Fantasma come out and save Escobar, who then just scoops Breeze into the Phantom Driver. 
I don't like this presentation of Escobar. I think Escobar, I don't know why turning heel has made Escobar completely crap. Because he was, do you remember he got to the final and won the cruiserweight championship? Do you remember Tyler, he, he? Tyler Breeze is good. Is good, Laurie. He's like a really he's not, good he's wrestler. Not, he's not that. I know, but he's not. But he's not presented that good in NXT for like for for Escobar to need two guys to run in and make the save. Like I don't know. I just I would love to see a faction in which the leader of the faction wasn't using the faction just to help him win all the matches. They were more like, oh, I'm so good that you're not even worth my time. So here's my guys. Mm. Like, I'd love to see that presentation of a wrestling heel for once. I just, I, I'm getting quite tired of uh, the leaders of factions. And like, cause this is exactly what Undisputed Era have done for a year in NXT as well. Like, you know, all of Adam's Cole, all of Adam Cole's, um, TV championship defenses and stuff just had the era interfering. We've we've had interference in factions in NXT like drilled into us, and it just feels a little bit too obvious now. Um, and yeah, I just I don't. It's not making me buy Santos Escobar as like a cruiserweight champion because as soon as he won the belt, all he's done is cheat. And it's so just I kind of boring. Okay, so I, I agree with you and disagree with you. I think I, I do like the presentation of a heel who doesn't need to cheat but does because it's easier. Um, because, like, I'll sod it. And like, why should I break a sweat? I've got my guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like that. I think that's really heelish because then that also builds for the big match where the heel has to try and then it's something different and then it's a step above. Like, I've got no doubt that this uh, match with Isaiah Sir Scott is going to bang. Um, the, the only the only issue I have is that literally they've done the same segment pretty much with Legado del Fantasma for the last month. It's it, literally every single week since he turned heel, he's come out and either done a match or said something. Um, the numbers game happens. Someone gets beaten down and then another babyface idiot runs out um, to face the numbers game doesn't work and either it ends like kind of three on two or three on one or some other baby baby face runs out to make the save literally they've done variations on this mm-hmm. they got a del fantasma to a beat down someone else runs out and then gets beaten down as well they've literally done a variation on that segment every single week for the past like four five weeks it's pretty like 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 i said it makes a logical sense um you know, you've got the numbers, use them. But I, I just feel like it, yeah, they, I think they need a little bit of um, change up. Just just stop doing the same segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 I think they need to make Escobar look a bit stronger on his own. And then it will mean more when Swerve Scott stands up to him, I think. Like, I, like, I liked this presentation at the end where Fandango came out injured with the, the stick and gets in the ring and they, they hit him in the broken arm. I thought that was quite cool. Um, Swerve making this, the save is, is great. Like it's a little bit of bill for takeover, whatever. Um, I think Swerve and Escobar is going to be a great match because we know, but it, it just, it just smacks of, we don't really care about the cruiserweights that much. So they have one storyline and we'll just rinse and repeat until we get to the match. And then everyone will talk about the match and that's fine. Like, I don't know the cru- like the cruiserweight title just never really gets anywhere. It, it just, it just does wrestling one oh one and then has amazing matches, which 
is fine. Um, we got a Dakota Kai package that I really liked. Um, I thought this was quite good. Uh, I love her saying that she did everything on her own. It's brilliant. Yep. It's like at no, at literally at no point since you started Dakota, have you done anything by yourself? Even last week when you didn't have Raquel Gonzalez, you had uh, Mercedes Martinez. I, I think I, I think that's lovely healing. Again, it's like someone who completely believes their own BS. Um, it's really, really good. Yeah, and she says that she's, you know, everyone's put EO on this pedestal, but she's worked out how to beat her. Um, and yeah, I just, this was, this is probably some of the most character that Dakota Kai has shown for a long time. Like, she doesn't get to speak very often um, because she's normally out there to lose matches. But like, it's nice to see what her heel character is about now and get that kind of like peek behind the curtain of like the inner workings of her mind. And like you said, it's great to sort of her to believe her own hype. And she's obviously her only hype man as well. Uh, we got a Ridge Holland package after that. And then we've got Indy Hartwell versus Mia Yim, who apparently had dashed back from the hospital to uh, compete in this match. She's a pro. She's a fear pro. of what? Like, it wasn't like anything was on the line. Like, I would have just been like, look, Regal, come on. <laughs> My boy's just been blinded by some close-up magic. Can I stay at the hospital? And can you, I don't know, like, can you chuck anyone else in there against Indy Hartwell? Uh, but fine. Like, Mia runs back. She's like, I barely had time to put my gear on. Runs out to the ring. Story of this match was really good, though. The story of this match was that Mia couldn't really get into the fight because um, she was too distracted by what had gone on with Keith Lee earlier. And that gave Indy Hartwell a little bit of a chance to um, shine here because she's been in a few matches recently and been completely tanked by whoever was facing her. So it was nice to see her get some offense in. Um, and then Mia sort of eventually gets this, she rolls through into like what looks like it's going to be a pin and then just rolls again into a sort of teddy bear roll arm bar variation that forces Indy to tap. Um, she has a very wry smile to herself for a second. And then it's like, okay, got to go back to the hospital now. So uh, see you later. This was I, fine. I don't no, really I, know why it happened, but. The submission looked gnarly, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I thought, um, yeah, uh, Indy saying, Indy t uh, Hartwell telling Mia Yim to bask in her glory, being the switch that turned the trigger on the match. Like, yeah, it had a little story in it. Uh, a little bit of a contrived way to get there because um, this could have happened, you know, uh, next week, for example. Yeah. Um, but sort of like um, it reminds us what happened to Keith Lee. Um, it gives me a, a dominant victory. Uh, Indy Hartwell gets to wrestle more. Uh, everybody, everybody wins. Um, I, and I, yeah, I thought, and I wrote down, damn, that submission. Cool. There's your articulate journalism right there. It did. No, it looked, it looked great and was like pretty unique. So it's a good way to get that move over. Um, there was just that bit of me through most of this match that was sitting there thinking, is this going to be more Scarlet and Karrion Cross? Like, cause I don't know what's so, like, it would be interesting if he didn't say in the contract, if Karrion Cross has to keep his hands off Keith Lee and not terrorize Keith Lee, you know, Mia Yim's come back to the performance center or full sale on her own. And now is, kind of at the mercy of Scarlet and Karrion Cross, who are the only people there with regards to that feud. So like they kind of, I, I was at least expecting Scarlet to sort of make an appearance here. Um, but then I guess you don't just want to do another couples feud for Keith Lee and Miriam after they're yeah. just having done the Gargano. So like this was fine. Gave me, made Mia look strong. I'm interested to see where, like what happens with her next week and maybe if they involve Karrion Cross. Cause I think, 
that's a, a really good way to play on Keith's emotions. Um, and you know, like they've done the physical damage and now it's time for the emotional damage, um, to sort of really put him in a bad stead for takeover. Uh, we then got Finn Balor with more of his, uh, kayfabe breaking promo work here saying, even if you're 18 or 49 or living in a retirement home, everyone watches the Prince. Which he makes is no sense the, because they are not winning those demographics. He is the demo prince to yeah. <laughs> demo god. Yeah, uh, good promo work as always from ah, Finn Balor. Like, yeah, and it was fine. I like the idea that you know he's saying it's going to be easy pickings for him for, of the losers of these matches. Um, and it's just a bit of a flag for later in the show when he comes out at the end and faces off against Velveteen Dream setting up their match for next week. Uh, we then got a package of Triple H calling out Pat uh, and saying the match is on. A little clip from Pat's podcast where he said, I'm going to dance on the grave of NXT. I did like that line to be um, do, do you know what? And that's, I think that's fine. If it's for the, if the, if that's what it's for, if, if this is the reason it's happening, it's not because like last week, the presentation was it's happening because Adam Cole is short. And Pat McAfee can't stop saying that he's short. And so Adam Cole is annoyed, right? That Pat McAfee, a man who is slightly larger than him, has called him short. That was the presentation last week. If it's for the actual um, honour of NXT as a feud, I like that. Like, I can get into that. I want to see Pat... I want to see Adam Cole kick Pat McAfee's ass for just saying... NXT's rubbish. Like, you know, I, I think it's useless. I'm going to come in here. I'm a legit celebrity and I'm going to beat your best guy, apparently, because that's how little I think of the sport of wrestling and your rubbish promotion. That's great, but that's not what's happening. But the line's really good. Um, we then got David Priest versus Bronson Reed. Um, they just had a lovely big guy tussle, really. I love this I, match. I really like this. It's yeah. really good. They really got going. and um, They just went they, for it. They just absolutely went for it. There was, I loved the bit where they were egging each other on and uh, Reed was just doing the kind of classic, go on, see if you could knock me down. But then every time Priest went for it, he was like, ah, I'm going to step two steps closer and just knock you down. And then Priest like tried to go for a run up and they just got stopped and then just did this like crazy combo, tried to do the run up again and Bronson Reed, did the like switcheroo ran into the ropes behind him. And then as priest turns around to be like, Whoa, where did the man go? Boom, Off you go. See you later. Um, priest also busted out a bunch of his like crazy aerobatics that he could do. He did this springboard somersault, uh, cannonball yeah. sent on thing off the ropes. And I don't know how he turned his body in the space that he had to do that. Like from the camera angle, he looked like he had about, four foot of space in which to do a flip. Uh, and he is obviously 11 foot of man or whatever he is. Like, <laughs> and I just, I have no idea how he just went, I'm upside down now. Um, brilliant, brilliant stuff. They they just did so many, they, they worked really well together. It bodes really well for the ladder match because, you know, um, I would say that the sort of tier of guys they've put in this mid card haven't really been given a chance to shine very much like Bronson Reed specifically. Cameron Grimes has not had many long matches in stuff. So like Damien Priest is kind of the glue currently holding that match together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting to see him go, like work so well with Bronson Reed and you know like, well, there's a good core here of this match. So I'm very confident that the ladder match is going to be ace um, because this match was really, really fun. 
I, it, to me, like this reminded me of like proper classic NXT. And one of the reasons why I really like NXT, which is just like watching two guys who, you know, I, I don't, I can't keep up completely with the indie scene. Two guys who I hadn't, uh, weren't familiar with their work being introduced, you know, slightly down the, the ladder and building themselves up slowly with the occasional meaningful victory to the point where there's these two guys who I'd, I'd not, I wasn't familiar with fighting each other in a match that really sucked me in. And now I care about seeing them on a takeover. It's the NXT method um, with Damian Priest and, and Bronson Reed. The perfect example of why NXT, especially like way back when, when they were properly building stars, where the NXT model works. Um, it, yeah, it, it felt really, really classic, really kind of like back to basics. Here's, here's two dudes who you've gotten to know. You've gotten to know who they are, what they want, and they're just slugging it out. Uh, and, and and genuinely one of the best examples of it doesn't matter who win because both guys look great. Um, yeah, I really, really, really dug it. Um, you know, not, you know, not it's not a takeover match it's a really good tv match and an, mm. and an example of why slow and steady nxt uh works and why sometimes we react a little bit against when nxt has a bit of main roster uh goofball on top of it mm. you can see the me- the mechanism here of these guys getting time few meaningful wins fighting each yeah. other in order to build to that match where they both are going to shine um really 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 good um and it's that lovely stuff that you know it's that lovely stuff that um nxt does and nxt wrestlers always do with their matches which is the, it's like that level of like callbacks and working together and iterations on your spots you know it's that ww i think main roster guys have their five spots and they hit their five spots and then they do their finisher and they win the match and here you know, even in this one match, we got that somersault. We got the somersault sense on thing, and then when Priest goes for it again, he gets caught into a power slam, and that's when Reed goes up for the big tsunami splash, which he misses, and then sort of, sort sort of half. He sort of crushed his foot, really. Um, and then, yeah, like uh, the reckoning is countered just into a rolling cover, and Reed picks up, sort of just squeaks a victory out of this match. Um, but yeah, like. There was just enough iteration on the moves here that it, you know, you were like, I can see that when they have ladders and three other people added into this match, they're going to be able to do some incredible, crazy stuff. And I, and again, like it's also been shown in the triple threat matches that you know, NXT can just throw together a bunch of guys they consider mid card, and brilliant matches do just happen. They just fall onto their lap uh, and make for great TV. Um, we then got the counter package to Dakota Kai from Io Shirai, which one-upped her massively. Io Shirai's packages have got bloody brilliant since she won the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah. The, the the sort of uh, lady in the water ones was some of my favorite uh, where she's, you know, the sort of, I was going to say wet girl, but that's not correct. Um, yeah, uh, she was just in the pool of water being sort of underwater for half of it. Uh, those were really cool. I really like this sort of use of Dakota Kai's character as well and sort of being like, yeah, you know, like it's playing on the idea that she's not really been a feature of NXT. She's had this heel turn. They don't really know anything about her. Like she really only clicked with people when she was cutesy Dakota Kai. And the, you, Io says that I remember he was the girl who was terrified of Shayna Baszler 
well, after TakeOver, you're going to be the girl who's terrified of me too, um, which is just great promo work. And then it ends, so she's doing most of this in Japanese, and then she ends the promo by just countering what Dakota said about uh, her being inside Eo's head and said, you're not in my head, you just piss me off. Um, which I just said, like, really good, like really, really good stuff here. And I am excited to see the match off the back of these two promos, which I think is, you know, good work. Every year or every match has had a build. Um, mm-hmm. It is a takeover full of matches where you understand pretty much where they all come from. And it looks like a varied card. Uh, like that's the thing. Like uh, takeover is, yeah, I, you know, I, I always love a takeover. I always will. Uh, unless NXT truly goes off the rails. I don't think I'll ever not be hyped for a takeover. But yeah, every single match has its unique selling point, whether or not it sells to us specifically as UK fans who don't like football, um, you know, whatever. But every match has a unique selling point. And yeah, again, it's that varied nature of NXT, which is, um, it's really, really strong, really strong. Yep. So uh, speaking of really strong, that's Mercedes Martinez, isn't it? Because uh, she came out with Aaliyah for a tag match against Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, who have matching gears. So that means Team Ninja is now officially a thing in NXT. They've, <laughs> been, they've been working the house show circuit as a tag team for most of their time in NXT. And this is the first sort of like proper moment on TV where they, they felt like a cohesive unit. They've just been like friends before and now it feels like they're actually becoming a team which is a shame because they were going to lose this match as a given yeah. because that is their job um, i uh, i wrote here kate uh, caden carter and her best friend casey catanzaro versus mercedes martinez and her best friend alia oh yeah I, I i really like um the the pairing of mercedes martinez and alia it's really great it's just like high school bully with like the other smaller bully behind him just like giving all the front uh but you, you know it's just the, it's, it is it's martin prince and nelson Muntz. i i, I will forever love the pairing of stoic uh, uncompromising badass and gobby little bastard um and i think they uh working really well and also kate uh give it a year but casey katanzar is the future man she is she has got like proper i think she's got proper like kind of daniel bryan bailey underdog mm. uh, story written all over give her give her time to go because i really like some like i really like the way she moves in the ring um and i <laughs> bless you and i think she's got a really uh, i think she's got all the upsides in the world and i think so you know, the is- podcast listeners that's going to sound like i sneezed bless you laurie yes yeah, yeah, so just like a, that's a, just a really cute sneeze that i have there uh, <laughs> you can throw your sneezes it's more close that magic um yeah i i yeah i i i dug this mercedes martinez and alia are the ones with the storyline development happening at the moment so of mm-hmm. course uh they win i'm uh it seems like it's Shotzi. Uh, I'm not necessarily mad keen on like the tag nature of it proceeding. Like Aaliyah getting kind of storyline benefit is good. Aaliyah has been mm-hmm. like bumming around with nothing to do for oh, seems yeah. like five years. Uh, and she finally has something she can sink her teeth into. I mean, obviously the match that we all want to see is Mercedes Martinez versus Rhea Ripley. Perhaps that will be uh, at TakeOver as well. And again, that is completely different to Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai, just to hoss fight. I really want to see it. Um, yeah, like it, it set up I what I imagine is a, is a tag match for next week, which hopefully will lead into uh, TakeOver. But yeah, I no, no complaints. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, li- I like it. I also, I like the bit where Robert Stone, you know, 
got a moment at the beginning to be like, I'm going to offer Casey Catanzaro a role within the company. And like, she was like, you know, you just got to drop the loser. And then Casey gets a bit of fire and goes for the slap. And then as he ducks, she just stomps him on the ankle. Like that's, you know, it didn't make Stone look too ridiculous. And I, I think him trying to expand the brand as much as possible when he's actually got some, you know, something worth offering now. It's like, yeah, come hang with me. But more importantly, hang with Mercedes Martinez because she is going to carry all of us to victory. She will, no matter how many women we put in this brand, she will carry all of us. Um, she's so good. And like, like, she obviously is great in the ring and does fantastic stuff. But there's just... I just like the sort of nonchalant nature of her character as well. Like there's a, there's a moment where she just does the most casual tag I think I've ever seen. She just, as Aaliyah sort of shuffles Caden Carter back into the corner, she just sort of taps her very lightly and gets in very lazily and starts working her over. The fact that she's completely unfazed, like um, again, in the, in the entrance as well, when Aaliyah is doing the sort of, posing up a storm behind her and she's just strutting down to the ring. And again, after they win and Ali is like trying to celebrate, she even tries to celebrate with Martinez and Martinez just walks out of the way. Is like, no, nope, not taking any part in this. I've won the match. That's all I'm here for. Um, yeah. And in the end, Ripley arrives who doing as, as ever arriving to make a really big entrance uh, or, or to sort of get the jump on someone, but does her full entrance anyway. Um, which I love about Rhea Ripley, you know, that is, it is a really cool entrance, but at some point you've got to run down to the ring like you care. Like, <laughs> she always struts in, stands at the top and does the big stomp. And then it's like, okay, and now I will storm the ring. Um, but yeah, Ripley storms the ring. Numbers game gets advantage of her. Shotzi comes out and makes the save. Um, and Martinez and Aaliyah and Robert Stone spill to the back. Um, again, probably setting up a tag match for next week. Not massively keen on it, but if it leads to Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez at TakeOver, I I will, you know, give it some props next week because I want that match really, really badly. Yeah, I want to see, I want to see Rhea, I want to see Rhea's team win by pinning Aaliyah. Uh, Mercedes Martinez getting, you know, pissed off about that. I wasn't beaten. Stone, get me that match with Rhea Ripley. Like, and also like tearing apart, just probably just tearing through Shotzi Blackheart as well post-match is, is another good way to be like, look, it's, it's now just me and you. You've taken out Aaliyah. I've taken out your partner. Let's us settle it. Like, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's scope in that to make a really good bit of booking. Um, Candice and Johnny then had dinner. Uh, well, they were just sort of nobbing about in the house as, again, uh, they have matching tracksuits now that say power couple, which I thought was quite cool. Um Candice is telling the dog a fairy tale, uh, <laughs> talking about a dragon not noticing the fairy, saying that um, Tegan needs to mind her own damn business. Johnny leans over as this sort of, it does that, it's that same thing they've done before where it sort of shifts into the other realm in which they're then cutting a promo down the camera while the other person is eating their dinner, fixing a light bulb, whatever it is. Johnny then sort of snaps into ranting. He goes, what book are you even reading over there? Oh, it's, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Because um, he says the Wednesday night is going to ride in and save the day because there's a lot of guys like Damien Priest and that thick guy. And they're, you know, they're young and they're hungry, some more than others. But Johnny wrestling is going to, you know, Johnny's going to beat them, um, saying that he's got a match against Ridge to qualify for the uh, ladder match. Um and then he's up a ladder fixing a light bulb. And he says, you know, the next time I climb a ladder and Candice is like, oh, it won't be to fix the house. And he'd be like, no, it'll be to fix NXT. 
good night and they leave and they turn the light off, leaving the ladder set up. I was so annoyed. Who he does that? Who does that? When he comes down in the morning with the lights, you know, low and you know, he just the ladder set up at the really? bottom of the stairs. That, that is, is bad luck waiting to happen. Very bad. Very poor housekeeping. God, the, I, the Gargano's a dorks and I love, I, I love it. It's, it's real cheesy, real goofy, um, but it has a different flavor than um, pretty much any other heel act uh, does right now. Um, I, I, I like him. Um, I, I do wish that Candice got more feuds that were like, oh, yeah. that properly felt like we have a reason to fight rather than Tegan. You got T, you, uh, you got involved and now mm. I've decided to focus on you. Because that's the feud that I'm being booked in. It's now we might your turn to be. I'm annoyed at you. It's well, fine. the problem. It's the problem is because, it's because NXT have decided that obviously Candice and Tegan have history because Candice was rent a friend for so long that she's been mates with everyone in NXT, and they think that's good enough reason to put her in all these little feuds with all the different NXT women. And it, like I just think it's not satisfying as a viewer because I never really bought the friendship in the first place because you know, the friendship was originally with someone else, but they weren't around because they were injured. So we had to hot shot Candice into the friend role. Um, and yeah, it, it just doesn't have that. It, we've not seen enough of it on TV to really buy into a Tegan Knox feud in this sense. But yeah, I, I, I'm in your boat as well. I would, I'd love to see more, give I'd, more of this sort of angle with the Garganos given to Candice. I think it should be very heavily weighted on her side of things rather than on Johnny's side of things. I know Johnny, you want you want Johnny Gargano to be on TakeOver. You want Johnny Gargano to be on NXT very often. But I think he should be pushing Candice more here because I think it's, you know, I think she's the more interesting character. She's got more to build off here. Johnny, heel Johnny, who's the loving husband, is quite funny, but... I only work, it only works in the context of being the loving husband to Candice. And I think that's when it's going to really shine this pairing. Televisually. Um, mm. Candice going after EO with, with Johnny as sort of the kind of the mischievous uh, difference maker. I, I really hope that feud happens because I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, and this kind of, you know, it's just, it, it's very... Johnny Gargano can go go through placeholder feuds and they don't necessarily feel as such. Whereas Candice, I don't feel like kind of gets, you know, placeholder feuds are fine. Like that's what I, part of what NXT is all about is keeping people good by, you know, having these little mm. kind of placeholder feuds. And I like the fact there's, you know, there's like at least three feuds happening in the, in the women's division. You know, it's great. NXT's women's division is fab. It's just, you know, this has, filler feud written all over it just because sure. the the motives for the feud are quite weak and you know I, I it's something to that could be improved upon but the match is probably going to be excellent so so there. oh yeah and you know and, and and at least they can you know uh, like i was saying we're not convinced i'm not necessarily convinced by the friendship aspect of this being played up but once she's got through tegan another best friend is Io Shirai. So, you know, at least the target feels like it's in sight. And yeah, I, I really do think Candice Ray should be elevated. And um, they properly have, uh, they properly have history that you know, and that you can feel, you know, like their, their roles are reversed now. And that's a really fun kind of little uh, callback to, yeah, though, you know, the amazing cage match uh, they had. Like, yeah, I, I, I really, really want to see that match. And I think that is kind of where, I think that, I, I think that's our next NXT women's champion. 
Um, and I, and I'm very, very much looking forward to it. And then maybe Johnny can try and do a thing and then you can maybe really lean into this power couple thing. It really feels like we're not there yet, but we're heating up to it. You don't make track suits unless you've got a plan. That's, that's what I say. You don't make custom track suits, uh, unless you've got big, you know, big plans on the horizon. So we're open for the Garganos. Dress for the job you want, not the job yeah. you have. Exactly. Uh, so the final thing before the main event was a bit of Thatcher's thatch can, uh, and he was just talking about the single leg crab transition that he got in the match that he didn't win. And then uh, talk about turning it into the ankle lock. I really like the line when he said like, and you see how this is injuring someone? You see that? The man is yelling. The man is like that. That's just a great, just a really funny line. I just really yeah. enjoyed it. I'm, I'm warming to the Thatcher's thatch can thing. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm on board now. So Stop telling me otherwise. <laughs> My opinion has changed to the right one. Okay, leave me alone. God's sake. And then, yeah, and then we had the the Velveteen Dream returning Kushida versus Grimes. Um, we didn't really talk very much about the match, but uh, Kushida's going for the hoverboard lock while Dream scoops him off the mat and Cameron Grimes hits the cave-in to win. Um, and then Dream and Bala have a face-off after Dream seemingly turns heel by beating down Kushida for a bit. Um so the, the closing image of NXT is the Balor versus Dream face-off setting up the match for next week as we finally find out Balor's opponent. We'll see what WWE decide to do with that considering the kind of backlash they've faced after last night's episode aired. So, um, you know, card subject to change and all that. Uh, I think it's this is probably one of those re- situations in which that it should. Um, so we'll, we'll, well see they, what they filmed it, so... They taped it. So like next week's episode has already been taped. Um, We know that because they're like in, in this match, uh, Grimes, Ooh, glad you're okay, mate. That was nasty looking. The bit where kind of, um, Kushida does a shoulder spell and he just, he just darts his shoulder right onto the mat. So much so that he almost bounced difficult to watch, but thankfully seems to be okay. Mm -hmm. But apparently one of the reasons why we know that next week's is taped is because apparently there is a port, there was a report of a very scary botch, um, happening, uh, with, uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, apparently Johnny Gargano is fine. But it was bad enough to the point where they had to stop the match and Triple H and Shawn Michaels had to come out for real this time, not in the Pat McAfee sense, uh, mm. just to kind of check everything was okay. Well, hopefully those medics turned up quicker this time than last week in the fake one. Yeah, so, so that, that's what's been reported. So obviously we, we will see to see if that makes it into the final edit or if they just cut it out. But apparently Johnny Gargano is okay. Um, but yeah, so we know that next week's has been taped. So it looks like, yeah, we are getting definitely Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor. And then we'll see what happens in the future, I guess. Yeah, exactly what they, what they choose to do from that end point. Maybe they filmed a couple of endings. You never really know with these things. Um, but we'll see. So that's all we have time for, talking about NXT. I think overall it was a very good show. Um, it was like, it definitely feels like it's takeover season. Everything is progressing really nicely. I'm starting to get really hyped for a bunch of the matches that are happening and a few of the prospective ones that haven't been announced yet. I'm, you know, really hopeful for a Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez on the takeover. I think that's going to be so good. Um, it, it does feel like, like you said, it's a very varied card for takeover and that can be very, I think that is quite exciting. Like we we've, we've not really had, we've had a variety show version of NXT for the last couple of months because of lockdown and stuff and and it's worked quite well in certain situations so i think there's you know every match on this this card has the potential to offer something different and that is really cool and you know at least feels like a kind of blowout here's a you know the 30th takeover this is a 
important milestone. So here's really the full description of what NXT can be in match form. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Have you won full guys yet, Adam? Have I haven't got first? a crown. I'm really bad at I've gotten to like the final stage so many times. Brag. But I've ne- I've not managed to to make I, I am uniquely bad at hexagon, uh, which is uh the f- and I can't do the the running to the top of the mountain, like full mountain or something. I can't win. I get so like I, I'm really bad. I, I get there and then I, I I'm I'm not close. I'm not closing. I can't close the deal, oh. Laurie. It's really it's really upsetting me. I really want to play it now though. That you've that you've, that you've <laughs> and I do have my lunch hour coming up, so I might try and get in one match. And that's uh, it. It's so good. Have you played it? I've played. I literally played two rounds uh, yesterday because we did the first one was the obstacle course with the swinging doobies that you jump over, Uh, and the second one was the one where you have to like infect the other team with oh jinx, yeah, yeah, yeah. with parts or whatever, and we didn't win that. So I lasted right until the end, but it was just I was just like, oh, you let me down, guys. You didn't you didn't infect their little yellow lads. I'm not. On, I'm not as on board with the team stuff. If they came no. out with servers that remove the team games, then I would lock myself in that server forever and barricade the door. Uh, I think the team games are fine. Like, you know, the Rocket League one is all right. Uh, but the one where you got to, like the Horder one, where you got to get the balls and like get them in your, I'm, I'm just, it, it's so difficult. Um, yeah, you've just team- got to rely, you've got to rely on other people. And I don't, I don't trust their abilities. Like, I watched, you know, I, the first round that I did, I, I sort of raced away and was within the first eight people to qualify. And I was then, then watching everyone else do it. And it's like, no, I wasn't even good. That's the thing. It's not even like I, I was knocked about like a sack of shit by these nice, good things. Doesn't matter. And like, I still came eighth. And then I was watching these idiots trying to get through the course. No wonder we didn't win the next round. That's all I have to say about Fall Guys. I, I am uh, I haven't had a chance to play it properly yet. I, I really liked it though, the, the little bit I played it. It's got just the right sort of wobbliness to the physics to just make it just that little bit imperfect. Um do you ever play Human Fall Flat? No, I haven't. I played the um the fighting game one, which is very, very like it. It's gang the one beast. with Gang Beasts. I played Gang Beasts. This room really obviously reminds me of that in that the physics is sort of a crapshoot. Like you're like it's in it lessens how seriously you're supposed to take it because mm. the physics is just so bananas. Yeah, it's just like jelly baby physics. And that's what, exactly what Gang Beast and then he, uh, Human Fall Flat has as well. And uh, they are both wonderful, wonderful little games. And I think Fall Guys, it's crazy how successful that's been. 
it's so moorish it's so like it's a perfect combination of like every level is different so you've always got like well if i play one more game i might get the level that i really like i do wish there wasn't such a variance in quality but like it's not like you know when the egg scrambled one appears which i hate if the egg scramble one appears like i don't stop playing i will keep playing and it's just got it's just got that one more go kind of Mm. oh i feel i feel like i've got it in me you know um it's yeah it's really addictive stuff um and it's battle royale for people that can't do shooters basically for me we didn't ever explain what it is it's it's a battle royale platformer game yeah uh but it's made by a uk company and it's called full guys ultimate knockout so i can only imagine that it is entirely based on keith chegwin's it's a knockout yeah i which is brilliant it it's it's like i'm an inspiration I'm not hugely into my shooters. I, I like them fine, but I'm not that good at them. What I, where I loved growing up and like I played most kind of go, goes of it was Mario Party. I love loads of little mini games with, with like loads of little kind of different mechanics and how they work. And it, this is basically Fortnite, but Mario Party. Uh, it's every, it's everything. It's, it's the game I, it's the online game that I've wanted to play. I didn't realize I wanted to play it for so long. Uh, I think they can tidy up some of their games because I don't think all of them are necessary. Some of them suck, but the vast, the overall experience is so compulsive. I, I, I love it. And what could be more a, a more ringing endorsement in 2020 for a game than saying it's a fortnight but something? Uh, because that is also that I mean that is also all meetings about game development currently as well, which is just it starts with the word fortnight but on the board, and then they just write different words in until they get it. It'd be like fortnight but Gran Turismo soon. We'll 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 get there eventually. Um, but yeah, if you if you have PlayStation Plus, it's free on PlayStation Plus. It's really get really it. fun. Get it, get try it. it. Um, let us know if you do as well, because uh, maybe we could set up a big tournament or Ooh. something. Play together. That'd be fun. Um, so yeah, let us know. And also, if you are a podcast subscriber, then you have a lot of stuff coming up because it is almost SummerSlam. Um, so you're going to get you've got the Friday Magazine show, uh, which stuff will be announced for. I don't know if it's been announced now or whether it's going to be announced later today. So I'm not going to spoil it. But there is oh, a new yeah. permanent host on the Friday show. AEW is also out now. You've got Saturday talking about SmackDown. You've got Raw, etc., etc. Next week, we're also going to be doing predictions on the YouTube channel for SummerSlam. I think we're also going to be doing predictions for NXT potentially. I think, um, so. I think so. I don't know when I'm doing that. That's something we'll have to work out. Uh, but yeah, next week you're going to have all the podcasts because you're going to have a review of NXT. You're going to have a review of SummerSlam and then you get payback and all out as well within oh my- a week. It is busy Jeez. time for wrestling. Not only that, but SummerSlam is going to be a super chat uh, showdown, basically, which is like uh, hashtag FTF versus hashtag jam that jam, which is going to become the dominant slogan of Wrestle Talk. It's us versus Fightful, basically. I- had no say in whether this was going to happen or not to the company I work for. I feel very betrayed as an employee, uh, but whatever. Uh, we'll get we'll, we'll get through this. Uh, then, then after SummerSlam, you got Quizlemania X Seven, where I will be competing for the very first time in order to try and uh, not have my head shaved. Um, so, and then obviously you've got um, payback after. Like it's it's such a busy three weeks. Oh yeah, and that's not that's not including all the videos we're making. So uh, yeah, if if you like wrestle sort stuff, 
We've got wrestle talk for you. So, oh boy, uh, oh boy, yeah. do we? Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this podcast. See you later. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.